anything uh, so let's get started sure so uh, nathan uh, would you like to introduce yourself sure yeah for sure uh, i like have notes up so i don't stumble <laughs> too much but i this is probably going to be rambly uh, yeah absolutely it's just a spontaneous <laughs> thing uh, yeah so i'm i'm my name's nathan uh, i work at wb games avalanche on hogwarts legacy as a as a game designer that that that's enough and that's enough that the, the thing you have said that's enough for like <laughs> hogwarts legacy it's like the one of the biggest games that is like everyone is talking about like me and my friends everyone is talking about hogwarts legacy and uh, when my friends heard that i'm going to interview someone who's working on that i don't know they were pretty jealous and they were really excited <laughs> Oh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty surreal. I mean, it's been, I mean, pretty, pretty quiet for a while. And then when we finally got to announce, it was like a dream come true. I mean, this has been a real, a real project of passion and love for hundreds of people. So I mean, we were nervous, you know, like we're watching the announcement and I'm watching the live stream for PlayStation and I'm reading all the comments and I'm like, oh my God, what, what if they don't like it, man? What if, what they, if people they have to like it? It's, it's the, it's the only thing we Harry Potter fans and every Muggle fans is wanting for at least last 10 years that there's no Harry oh, Potter yeah. game at all. No, I'm with you, man. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, when I, when I got this job, it was, so it started as an internship and then I moved into a, a contract hire. And the interview was like, I mean, they didn't tell me what I would be working on. They're like, okay, it's going to be an IP. It's a Warner Brothers IP. You, you, you'll know it. Uh, you know, we're, we're interested in, in your writing background. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, writing. Okay. Um, but I mean, until I, until I got it, I mean, I didn't know what I was working on. And then when I come into the studio the first day and they're like, okay, you need to do your research. Go research Harry Potter. And I'm like, what? Like finally, we're getting, we're getting the game that I've been asking for for yeah ten years. So it's been you pretty know, crazy. Uh, it's it's like uh, it's probably like uh, 2017 or uh, something when I was in uh, second year of my undergrad. I just heard the rumor that some Harry Potter game is in the production, and I saw some teaser about it and in uh, some blogs, but that wasn't definite. But I was sure that something is out there. So, and uh, just to, in 2020, and like talking to you, the game designer of Hogwarts Legacy. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening, man. So, uh, like uh, Nathan, you have said that you are a game designer at Warner Brothers Avalanche. So, uh, could you tell me about your role of what you do at Warner Brothers and what's your role about? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it kind of depends day to day. I wear different hats. Um, I've always felt like, you know, even just starting out, I've always felt like game designer was, your job was to solve problems. Like you're not, you're not really there to have ideas. You're there to isolate down issues and then come up with affordable solutions. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I feel like I do. Every day I come in, I look at Jira, I look at my bugs, I solve, I solve my bugs before anything. And then I, I, I play the game or I implement 
some new feature or mission or whatever. Um, but I mean, at the, at the core of it, I, I really feel that game design is just about solving problems and there's different facets to it. You know, like communication is important, but at its core, I think it's just every day I come in and I, I try to fix something. Now, whether or not I succeed, that's a different. <laughs> like, uh, this is exactly the thing is uh, uh, that get me started because I had ideas on my head before uh, I started working on games, but I didn't really know how to execute it. And when I started executing it, and it was the game development, and that was my, that eventually became my passion. And, um, and I went to, I'm going to University of Utah next fall. So, yes, um, like, uh, thanks. Uh, like, uh, it's it's been a dream come true. And as you have said that uh, you have uh, you have a writing background, and I know you have a creative arts and a film studies background. So, uh, I was uh, meaning to ask you that: uh, Does that like film study and uh, creative arts background helps you become a good? Uh, designer yeah i think so i guess yes is the first kind of quick answer to that but i i feel like kind of the most fun about being a designer is you get to take inspiration from from anything um i, I think there's a lot of power in the design of 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 life and what, and what i guess what i mean by that is like you're walking around and you see a door, right? And when you go to open it, you'll, you'll naturally kind of intuit whether you push it or you pull it based upon if it's a horizontal bar, you push it. If it's a vertical bar, pull it, right? And that's a natural, yeah. uh, it's called an affordance, right? We have assumptions about, about, about the world. Um, and so I felt like, you know, my creative writing background and my film background gave me all of these insights into different parts of like affordances, like what we assume, what we like, what we don't like, how to structure uh, progression and how to structure uh, narrative flow. Um, but what's super fun about design is that no matter what your background is, you can, you can take pieces of that. You know, like I look at Beat Saber, which is a, a wonderful game. I love, I love that game. And they took their background on, on music or on, like kinesthetics or maybe just sword fighting. I don't know. And they turned that into something that is fresh and exciting. And I don't know if I'm kind of rambling again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's actually, it's exactly the thing I was looking forward to because um, honestly, uh, I am a game engineer, so I have to work with lots of codes and, uh, but, a lot of time I have another side who is really interested in filmmaking, like animated filmmaking specifically. And I have uh, made a couple of animated shorts, which are not awesome. at, at good at all. Honestly, I, 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 will show, I will show you in a, I will show you in a minute, but uh, it wasn't good at all, but still I'm really interested in the storytelling. And as a, as a person who grew up with reading a lot of books, it's it's something else and the when whenever i i found your profile and i saw absolutely about everything about your background and i saw your movie uh, extra credit 
and uh, skinny love it was amazing especially extra credit was really it's it kind of the things that touches me because it's real it happens this kind of stuff happens so uh, so you have told that you have a narrative design you have main interest in narrative design so uh, could you please explain what narrative design is oh man um if i could do that i would be making a lot more money i think uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh narrative design is really young i mean games games are young you know it's in terms of the tech like it's only been going on for a very small amount of time and then games that are used as storytelling mediums are even younger and so it's what narrative design is is going to depend on your scope your goals your uh your intended experience you know your pillars like what are the things that are important to your game that's gonna that's gonna change what what narrative design is i, I think <clears throat> excuse me i think at its core narrative design is just about creating experiences now i think what might where it starts getting contentious is what exactly that means for some teams like like me personally in, in hogwarts legacy i'm mainly in a content creation role it's mainly what i do uh, but sometimes when i when i'm lucky i get to also be in a systems role and i feel like that's where the real power of narrative design comes forward i don't know if you're a big board game player but in my opinion, the, the best narratively designed game I've ever played is Pandemic Legacy. Because everything was systemic. It's a, I mean, it's a board game. It's, if you've played Pandemic, it's, it's like Pandemic. But uh, there's legacy portions, which means it takes place over the course of um, 12 to 24 play sessions. And the board adapts to your choices things happen there are story moments that are reflected by choices that you've made and and everything that happens is because of something you've done and there's some there's power in that there's power in in that systemic storytelling and now that i don't mean to just like i don't mean to say that other kinds of narrative design aren't as good like i think that you know god of war the new one um is outstanding and certainly they spent a lot of time designing those narrative beats. That's a very curated event. I didn't, I didn't have any choice, right? They, they used mechanics in ways that helped enhance their story, but they didn't really tell a story through my choices. Um, so, I mean, it just depends. So you can, you can do something really linear and curated and focus on how do I capitalize on this one experience? How do I capitalize on, on these things that I think are important? Or you can do something more systemic which, uh, I mean, Mass Effect does that, or, or like, um, I guess that's still Bioware. I was going to bring up KOTOR, but that's still Bioware. Uh, but those are more systemic choices, right? So I think it's, it just depends on the kind of game you're making and, and the goals that you have and your production budget, really. So, I, don't, I feel uh, like there's a long way of saying it depends. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really great. Because uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to start my own uh, RPG game, which is kind of loosely based on uh, Diablo 3. I guess you have played Diablo 3. I guess everyone has played. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Diablo 3. So uh, 
so i can figure out the whole comeback mechanics and all the stuff that's going on that's the basic game gameplay but i wanted to be a narrative focus so i really wanted to know how can i do that so what would be your best advice for me uh i mean as someone who values story very deeply my answer is probably don't focus on story make sure the gameplay is good if you can make the game fun make the mechanics polished and feel good the story will come naturally you will i think and i this is coming from experience i have a whole google doc full of like oh what if i did this 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 right full of stories of of things i wanted to tell and if you have a story you want to tell you should probably pick a book you know or make a movie something that's inherently linear otherwise you're going to run the risk of the game and the story clashing like getting in the way of each other uh, i feel i think you've you've probably experienced this there's times when you play a game and the story beat says, well, you have to do this. And I'm like, but what? And I want to do that. Right. Like I, I think of like Borderlands two, um, spoilers, I guess for like a 10 year old game, but, uh, in Borderlands two, you know, when Roland gets shot 10 seconds ago, I saw him as a bullet sponge. He got shot thousands of times. I got shot thousands of times. And then he gets shoot, shot one time in a cutscene, and he's dead. And that's because the story came in and said, okay, well, this thing happens to happen right now. And it got in the way of the game. And that can be fine. But I, I tend to find, I t my own personal experience, you start with the mechanics. You start with, well, what, what's the, the experience I'm going for? You say you want it to be like a Diablo game. Do you want it to be gritty? Do you want it to be bright and colorful? Do you want it to be scary? You know, isolate down what that, what that is. Get that working in the mechanics. And then come back and go, okay, well, what story, what story is this mechanics kind of already telling? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of making sense right now because a uh, lot of time I was thinking about first uh, writing down the story, at least a plot first and then go forward with mechanics. But it's kind of now reverse <laughs> after you have said. So that's absolutely what I'm going to do. So uh, like you have said that... Uh, you do like we need to do the game mechanics first to make a compelling story so uh, if you could uh, like a little bit elaborate on that because i really want my audience to understand how we can use gameplay mechanics to make a compelling story absolutely uh, i mean i feel like the best way of explaining this is just to highlight some games that have done it really really well um i, I would say like if you've have you ha if you haven't played obra din Go check that game out. It's amazing. It's super simple. It's just a detective game, but it its complexity shines in how the mechanics weave into the story. I'm, I'm trying not to spoil anything. Uh, it's it's masterfully crafted, honestly. Um, and then there's I would also say Outer Wilds is another example of a game that tells a story through its mechanics. That game is insane. That's that's like one of the one of the games that I, I look at and I'm like, damn, that's genius. <laughs> it's it's really, really impressive. But I do want to say that there there can be times 
where starting with a story doesn't hurt you. It, it just, if you're starting with like, okay, I want to make this Diablos type game and you say, I want to make this other story, it, your risk, you're going to have to sacrifice one of them, right? Like you're either going to have to say, well, my story is more important. And so my mechanics have to suffer or my mechanics are more important and the story has to suffer. And the story just inherently is more flexible, right? Like it's, it's easier to make something compelling through, through story than it is to make a bad mechanic fun. And so you don't, you, if you have a plot that you like, you feel free to jot it down and, and work with it. But just keep in mind, like if something needs to budge and you have mechanics that feel good, getting mechanics are it's so much harder. And I'm, I'm, you said you're, you have an engineering background, so you know all about that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I was just thinking about that and uh, I'm just reiterating my idea on my head. And I was thinking that, okay, uh, so the main uh, mechanics of Diablo is kind of like point, point and click and action adventure or dungeon type game. Uh, so mm -hmm. I was thinking about making uh, it on a kind of like a natural level, like kind of a village kind of level where uh, mm -hmm. the protagonists have uh, have to do some task and there will be have uh, lots of AIs of like kind of like royal guards on something and there will be castle and there will be the final boss. So this kind of thing I was thinking about. So maybe I could pull this off as a story. Uh, I still don't know yet because... I am very novice on this, uh, but I will absolutely uh, show you when when I have started on uh, prototyping that and obviously, you, yeah, absolutely. So uh, like uh, Nathan, you have said that uh, you have done uh, experiences on lots of game on narrative design and you have said that we can use gameplay mechanics for a craft a compelling story. So uh, my next question is uh, that does this include any challenges? Like, do you face any challenges doing that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's really easy to fall into the trap of, of what we're comfortable with. So I come from a film background. I come from a, a creative writing background. And it's, I naturally fall into those terms, right? I, 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 when I'm pitching missions, when I'm, when I'm pitching new features, I fall into uh, kind of those, those boxes, right? I talk about Freytag's triangle. I talk about, I, I use the word climax, right? Like I, th but inherently those, those terms are used to describe linear storytelling and games aren't. I mean, I, I mean, with, with, you know, being vague, I guess, very often we run into points where when I design a mission, I'll, I'll plot it out. I'll say like, all right, has this many beats? These are the experiences I want to have at each beat. And then I'll, I'll kind of, I'll graph it. And so I'll say like, okay, well, I want it to start down here, kind of low intensity. And then maybe there's a, there's a fight and that kind of brings it up to this intensity. And then afterwards, uh, it turns out that you're now you have to look for something and that brings it back down here. You know, you're kind of, you're kind of graphing these moments. And sometimes that works great, and you can kind of see the emotional arc of a of a of a mission. But sometimes you go into playtesting, and you ask someone, "Okay, how does that how does that feel right now? You're in that fight. How does that feel?" And they're like, "Well, it's a really easy fight, and so I don't really care." So it's a, I'm rating it down here, and you're like, "Well, oh shit! Like that's that's a problem, right?" 
Like that's something now I have to go into those mechanics and I need to talk to the, the encounter designers. Cause I don't, I don't do that. I, I say like, I want one here, but I don't, I don't design the encounters. So I, you know, I'll go into them and I'll say, Oh, they're saying this is really easy. How can we tune this? And so at the end of the day, I can say what I want, but we only have so many knobs and levers that we can pull and adjust. Um, well, I don't know if that answers your question exactly. Yeah, absolutely. This answers my questions exactly. Uh, because honestly, I really love to talk about making stories. And uh, one of my favorite game is uh, Naughty Dog's uh, Last of Us and Uncharted 4, which was very story driven. And uh, I really like to make all those because those are the honestly, those are one of the best games in the world right now. And uh, that's because those uh, the story actually uh, connects with the game mechanics. Each and every punch, each and every move actually has a meaning and it has a connection with the story. So mm -hmm. I really, I really wanted to talk with someone who has a background of storytelling and something. And I'm really glad that we are having this conversation because I really want to make a game that has a compelling story that has something to say. So uh, as I was saying, uh, I am really interested in filmmaking and uh, I have made one uh, like animated short, like six seconds animated short, but it took me a while to do that. So uh, they're hard. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason I Absolutely. didn't do animation. <laughs> so, uh, like uh, you like animation? Oh, I, yeah, I, I loved it. I was how I got my start in games was I went to uh, I like took a class and then in, in like 3D modeling. Uh, and then I kind of got swept up into my university's game making club. And so I planned on like, I was like, oh, I want to add animations to my, to my movies. Uh, in fact, that's actually, if you, my like last movie that I made, um, Bump in the Night, I have like a, a weird kind of effect on one of the characters. And I was supposed to be 3D animated, um, wow. but uh, it was not because it's really hard <laughs> and time constraints. Yeah, actually, but, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's really time constraint. Um, and most importantly, having the right resources. And I, I couldn't do, I couldn't move forward with it because I have Blender. I have some knowledge on it and I have some knowledge on animation, but I'm not really good at that and most importantly i'm not good like i don't really fond of the process because it's doing the same thing again and again and again <laughs> so i i, I kind of like coding and engineering stuff and making games and making the stories and not really that thing so here's the as i was saying that here's the just I, mean, I think that's the beauty of, of game making you know is I, I've, I've always loved that like filmmaking can be kind of alone, can be kind of solitary, but game making, you always have a team and that's my favorite part. Yeah, that, that, that's the exact reason I'm going forward with it because it's kind of have a team vibe and you, we are all doing something together and that's really great. Yeah, so uh, this is the six second shot I have made. I'm very excited. Oh, nice. It's kind of like the Harry Potter spell casting that was 
actually in my head because I'm a really big Harry Potter fan. Dude, that's solid. No, that animation's smooth. Like, I, I assume that's the. Uh, did you, I assume that's a, um, an Unreal base character or? Yeah, actually, I took I took the character from Unreal and I uh, like made the animations on Blender and I put it on the iClone. So all the kind of stuff, and I uh, did it in like yeah. like five or six hours to do only only the six seconds. So it was my first <laughs> animated shot. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how, there's so much artistry. When when I was on a when I was working on a hard light vector, that entire game we had one animator and he is he is a wizard and a trooper, but I mean, oh my god, like you look at that game and you you're like, okay, it's first person, so we can kind of limit the number of animations we need and it's a robot, so we can kind of get away with with fewer animations. And I, that was what I thought going into it. And then we like sat, I was in more of a producer role and we sat down and we went through like all the things we would need. Oh my God, it stacks up, it stacks up so fast. And I mean, yeah, without him, <laughs> that game wouldn't be a third of, of what it is. Yeah, uh, actually, actually I was, I was discussing this with Michael and he was telling me about his, uh, enemy team and i know you are on the yes. players player side and i read your like blog on your website and you said that you are kind of a, like have to do all a lot of stuff like uh player movement uh combat mechanics ui animation pro like production and lots of lots of stuff so uh i was really wanted to ask you like what's that experience like if you could tell us that experience like i really wanted to people to know that uh, how an award-winning game is made um, and hard light better was an, an award-winning game uh i i feel like award-winning games aren't made like it's i used to have this misconception that that a designer would come in and they'd go okay guys i have this idea it's going to be amazing and and then you just make it and you just go and it becomes it becomes Stardew Valley or it becomes Undertale or it becomes Oberden. Like you just, you have this great plan and you just, you just make it. And that's not really how it works. Um, I mean, Hardlight Vector was a labor of love and we only had like six months to work on it. So comparing it to the masterpieces that I just listed might be a little arrogant, but at the end of the day, I think it comes down to the same, same concept and that's iteration you you play your game as often as you can you get other people to come in you get them to play it and they tell you why your game sucks or they tell you why your game rocks and you you focus in on that thing i mean when we started a hard life vector was <laughs> it was supposed to be a shadow of colossus uh yeah. meet spider-man game i don't know if mike told you that but yeah the, he was saying he was saying that uh your animator made kind of a like Spider-Gwen kind of animation and you are trying to go in with that. And you are also yes. prototyping with some other VR stuff, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we had like all these ideas and these things that we liked and kind of, we had this idea of where it was going to go. You, we wanted, we wanted big monsters and you're going to, you're going to be super fast and smart and you're going to go all around them. And you're going to, you're going to, you know, beat them up or whatever. 
And as we played, like swinging wasn't feeling right. And you're playing, so we're like, okay, well, we can't do swinging. What do we, what do we pivot to? And that's how we got, that's how we got that spear mechanic. Um, and then we, we kept playing, we kept playing and we're like, well, you know, this, this thing isn't working right. So like, well, what do we do with that? And we, we pivoted away from that. I mean, we pivoted and we pivoted and eventually we, uh, we, we got feedback that our, our world felt, um, I forget the exact word, but you know, small, it, it felt kind of inconsequential. And that was, that was a, that was a hard day. <laughs> that play test was like, Oh my God, like the art's so good. Why, why isn't it coming out? You know? Uh, and so we, we, sh we shifted to first person and we're like, okay, this is it. This is it. We, we figured out how to get that feeling we want. And so it's all these small micro shifts, all these small changes. And every time you make a change, you're like, you're just terrified. You're like, oh my, I'm going to break the game. I'm everything's going to be, I'm going to, we're going to go to first person and everything's going to be ruined. I'm going to, we're going to cut swinging and everything's going to be ruined, but you kind of just have to trust your team. And I mean, that's, that's a big part is Mike's, Mike's a brilliant designer. And so anytime we were like, okay, well, this boss isn't working as you know, the first iteration of the boss we had sucked. Honestly, like it was, it was just bad. It didn't work. And I, we went to Mike and we're like, Mike, what are we going to do? And he's like, guys, like, we're going to try this. And then that sucked. And then he's like, no, okay, we're going to try this. And then that one worked. So, I mean, I, I don't think get, like good games are made. They're kind of, it's like a bunch of bad games are made. And then eventually you find something and you're like, oh, oh, wait, wait, that that's actually good. And then you chase that and you hope it takes you to, to someplace successful uh, yeah actually it's it's amazing to listen every side of the story uh like mike told me his side and you are telling me your side and uh, if if i have any uh, have any chance i will love to hear the stories of like other parts on the on this game uh but i when i played hard light vector uh and i saw the trailer i was like whoa it, this game is so big and when i heard this uh you guys are going to go to for a third person and then one of your professor i guess ryan bound or uh, someone told me make it a first person you kind you guys uh, thought about just make it a toggle first person third person kind of camera movement and then i realized okay so actually we are reiterating on some idea and kind of like trial and error stuff out so that's really great yeah there's this philosophy of i for it's coined to some some very talented designer and i can't remember who said it but uh, it follow the fun right so you you make something and it doesn't have to be good but if it's not good iterate and and as soon as you find something good then follow it you know, it's don't be beholden. Actually, that's isn't that the whole idea of the life? Like, it's obviously we're talking about games, but isn't that we do every day in our life? Like, we if we don't so. find something good, we read it, and when we find something, we go forward with it. I hope so. Yeah, maybe maybe not as often as I should, but uh, at least in theory, that's yeah, yeah. You 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 find what you like, and you you chase that. Yeah, um, I'm just going to tell you about a little about my story. Uh, when I was in a third 
third year or second year of my in my undergrad uh i didn't know what i'm going to do at all that sounds uh, familiar <laughs> <laughs> like uh, i was like okay i'm uh, i'm doing computer science engineering and after that i will might go get a job on a big company and i have to do really good on my marks and all the stuff and i really didn't have any passion i just love reading books see movies and like kind of this stuff every, like every every uh, person would do at that time uh, and then i had a breakup and uh, in our life each and everything kind of going back forward with it and then i made my own company got investment and then when i started on my game development i find something peaceful about it and then i move forward with it and i have like from then 2018 to now i have done so many things i never even thought i would so the exactly the stuff you have said the i got the i got the fun in my life and i for i'm just chasing with it and even i'm doing this podcast i never thought about making a youtube channel or do a podcast i was watching a, a lex friedman's podcast on youtube and then i struck hey uh, there isn't anything like for the game developers so let's try make one and uh, right now we are in the seventh episode so it's it's amazing all the fun dude hell yeah so if you're going to uh, if you're going to give this 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 uh as a title all the fun there you go yeah this this is going this is going to be my autobiography uh so coming back to my question our questions uh like uh, i know that you have uh, we are talking about lots of our stories i really want to know that like like what wh- where did it start where where did it start like why are you so much passionate about stories and narratives like what's your like the history on that i think there's kind of two sides to it uh from from kind of the universal side i i think i think everyone is obsessed with stories i mean you ask someone hey what did you how's your day and they'll they'll tell you a story they'll tell you the beginning well first i did this and this and this and then no rising tensions oh but traffic was right so we we kind of have these understandings of how stories should be tell have you know how how to tell them and i think there's something very human about that something that kind of connects us and how we understand the world i think you can tell a lot about a person and about a culture based upon the stories they tell uh on the flip side uh, i started when i was when i was very young um in in like elementary school it was storytelling was something i did with my mom and we we made a game out of it you know and then as i got older it became a form of escape i mean it was just you know i would go home and i'd i'd do my work i'd come home from practice and then i'd i'd write as as long as i could stay awake it's kind of how i i process things kind of how i was able to you know say on the page what i couldn't say in person you know um and i just kind of i kind of became obsessed like i 
I, that's, that's where I got friends is I would, I'd be in any time, any class, let me do a movie. I would, that's what I would do. You know, anytime you get those assignments that were like, oh, just have fun with it. Just as long as it's educational. I was like, okay, it's a movie. And I'd grab anyone that was interested and, and we'd, we'd go off and we'd make some crappy like Spanish movie about food words, or we'd go make some crappy movie about the Odyssey. Uh, but it was amazing. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a way to make friends as a way to do dumb shit and get good grades for it for some reason. I don't know. Um, and then from there, it was just, you know, that's what I knew and that's what I, I liked. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go to college for it, you know, ch fit, you know, chase the fun. Right. And from there, um, I was really lucky to go to a school with a, with a good English program that wasn't really on purpose, but I lucked out. And as I learned more about storytelling, I, I, I'm a very systems brained person. Like I, I like to see how things fit together. I like to see the patterns and how we do things. And it turns out that storytelling is absolutely a pattern. It's absolutely like, I mean, if you look up the three act structure, you look up, the, um, oh man, I can't remember his name now. Holy crap. The Rick and Morty creator, he has a theory on storytelling. that's like a, a circle. Um, Dan Harmon, Dan Harmon has a, has a circle. Um, and that's another form. And then, yeah, you know, of I, course, I, free text I, I was, I was reading this on your website. Uh, you wrote, wrote it. I did what? I'm sorry. I, I think you, I missed uh, part you, of it. You wrote it about this circle on your website on the Heartlight Vector uh, documentation. Oh my gosh! Did I really? That sounds like something yeah, I do. Yeah, actually, uh, that, that that that's the that might be the reason it kind of resembles so much because I just read it this morning, and I will say, damn, uh, storytelling has like has a method. I didn't know that, and I honestly didn't know. But I really like something methodical, and I really wanted to know how this stuff work so thank you so much for letting me know that absolutely i mean there's tons of this isn't anything new i mean if you want your your mind blown just go look up the hero's journey hero's and journey uh, the, like what's that so the hero's journey is uh i mean i sh at one point i knew who coined that phrase but i don't anymore um i have since graduated school and don't remember names <laughs> But uh, the hero's journey is basically uh, a series of steps that lead the protagonist through through a story, and it when you when you look at it, you know. Fair warning: it's going to ruin ninety percent of stories for you, because <laughs> most stories are just the hero's journey. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, they they all have this call to adventure, decline the, decline the call, and then the mentor, and then into the unknown, B story, uh, back up to, uh, you know, back, uh, return, oh man, I forget the, the terms now, but like return, uh, but changed, and then, so it's, it's, it's this circle that talks about um, basically how to structure a, an adventure, a classic adventure. I, I, I gotta, I gotta read, I gotta read that. 
uh, before I start making that game, I got to read that. And it's, not, it's very human. I mean, you're, you're going to read it and you're just going to go like, oh, wow, I've read the same story very, uh, a lot of times. <laughs> and uh, I think there's also something to recognize about just because something has the same structure doesn't mean it's the same story. Like the characters of Star Wars are different than the characters of Lord of the Rings are different than the characters of XYZ. Um, yeah, motivation. But I mean, there's, different. yeah. Yeah, the history is different. Although, and uh, we, I can take the same kind of system and I reiterate on those variables to make something absolutely new. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that exact same concept is applied to games as well. I mean, you'll, I think sometimes the gaming community can, can be kind of harsh about this, but it's good to remember that good games don't have to be innovative, right? You don't, you don't yeah. have to, you that, don't have that, to that, make that's, Minecraft. That's, that's really, that's really true. That's really true because lots of good games, lots of good games are kind of like in this, in a particular sense, might be the mechanics is different, might be the story is different, but whole system is kind of resembles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my all time favorite games is Hollow Knight and Hollow Knight. They're not what they're doing. They're doing amazing. They're doing it better than, than arguably anyone, but they're not doing anything new. It's a Metroidvania. It's a, it's a, a hack and slash. Well, it's not a hack and slash. That's not fair, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like nothing about yeah, it is like, absolutely. wow, that mechanic is mind blowing. It's, it's just yeah, very actually, well um, done. I haven't seen in a long, in a, in a long time, I haven't seen a, a game where I can say that, oh my God, I haven't seen these mechanics before. Like mm -hmm. most of the time we see the kind of like either medieval, medieval kind of stuff or modern kind of guns and stuff or something kind of melee weapons kind of stuff. But it's yeah. really, it's really the motivation behind that, the story behind why I'm using that, who I'm using against, all those kind of stuff makes it interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think even just another example, the, the battle royale, I know it's kind of maybe not as popular as it used to be, but it's still one of the newer genres to come out in the last few years. And Fortnite is top dog over PUBG, not because they're new, right? PUBG did it first, but Fortnite did it better, right? They yeah. had, I mean, you could argue the crafting is new and maybe that's enough to, to bring in a target audience. But really, I think it's just about polish and reliability, consistent progression systems. And, and, so and that, and that, like, essence of building something while i'm like killing my enemies like building a yeah. stuff and figuring out a way to what to pick and what to, what not to and that the stuff it's really making fortnite is one of the pro most if not the most one of the most profitable and successful game mm, oh absolutely like, in like five years or ten years absolutely and you know now that i'm thinking about it bringing it back to our, our previous conversation uh fortnite didn't you know it started out as like a, a tower defense kind of thing and then really? they I, I, yeah i didn't know i think you can still play that mode i think it's called save the world oh i, I was i was recently playing that avengers 
that new mode. There's okay. they pulled out a Marvel Avengers kind of mashup something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like Epic just does such a great job of of following the fun, right? I mean, they have this game mode, and I don't know if it was doing well or not. I'm not. I didn't really follow it, but certainly the battle royale is doing very well. So they yeah, saw this, absolutely. they iterated, and they went for it. And I think that's really paid off for them. You know what? When I first played Fortnite, I didn't really like it, honestly, because there's a lots of stuffs going on, and I was, I was really bad at it. That might be the reason I, <laughs> I kind Dude, of so like stop. I'm so bad. I, I, I actually, I, I basically stopped. I actually basically stopped. Like, okay, I'm not playing this anymore. This, this kind of stuff. But then, yeah. then again, after I played PUBG, and I thought, okay, let's play this again and then i understood okay now i am getting it it's a yeah it's i'm i've played it a few times i've always had fun but i am so bad at twitch shooters i i man i the, the more you get into game making the harsh truth is the less you play games and it, it i haven't stopped playing games by any means i still like i make sure i, I Carve out time to play games. If you're a game designer, play games. But I can't devote a hundred hours into a game anymore. Like CD Projekt Red is coming out with with uh, with Cyberpunk, and they're like, it's going to be bigger than Witcher Three, and I'm like, oh my god, bigger? I can't deal with uh, bigger than Witcher Three. Witcher Three took me like for like six months to yeah, complete the half of it. I still haven't beaten Witcher 3 because it's so big. I'm like, I got to go play the new thing. Thank God you, go haven't, play, you yeah. haven't started on Skyrim 3. Uh, I mean, I've, well, Sky, luckily Skyrim came out when I was still in high school. So I've, I had time back then. I've devoted. <laughs> and... Yeah. I, I, when I was in high school and uh, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim 3, Elder Scrolls came in, I jumped in and I did like 30, 40 hours of stuff. Like, on a real world, 30, 40 hours, not on their world. And I stopped. I probably haven't finished a lots of games. Like I was started on Horizon Zero Dawn. I haven't finished. Uh, I only finished Uncharted 4. That was because obviously that, that was a game that hugely story based and, and I couldn't stop until I know the end. So that that's, the, that's one of the reason I love talking story with you because Story is the thing Absolutely. that actually binds the player to the game. Because honestly, if you are doing something with the player, you need to know what's going to next. And what Uncharted 4 did right is that there is a suspense till the end. And yeah, yeah so yeah. the rape is great. Nathan was great. Uh, Sully was great. That was an amazing game. I Absolutely. I mean, there's kind of two thoughts that jump in my head. The first one being uh, in, in AAA games, we're seeing a trend of open world games, right? Of open world design. We see it in Red Dead, we see it in GTA, we see it in Horizon, in Skyrim, and everywhere. We see it, we see it everywhere. And, and largely, uh, it leads to fatigue, exactly what you're talking about. In open world games, you, you get away with some sloppy design that you, that you wouldn't get away with in, in a more traditional, or maybe not traditional, but like a, a, a more naughty dog linear story, right? Because 
it doesn't matter if nothing's in that corner of the world because maybe the player doesn't go there and it's fine. But in Naughty Dog games, the player is seeing everything because we're going to specifically curate. So it's, it's, inter- it's interesting to me that you're saying, oh yeah, I have trouble finishing open world games. And I think largely, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's because story is the ultimate progression system. And in open world games, exactly. you lose that. I mean, I, I, I love Horizon Zero Dawn. I think it has some of the most fun combat I've ever played. It feels, it feels amazing. But their story doesn't know what it wants to be. It's an open world game with the linear story. Why? Just make it a linear game. I mean, they even do, they go so far as to like, like trek you all over the world. And it's, it's like, well, what am I gaining by doing this? Right. And if I, I had the same problem you did to me, it was, I hit a certain point and I felt fatigued. It's like, well, I don't really feel exactly. motivated to explore anymore. It's, it's feel... kind of like, a, it's kind of like I'm going out digitally inside the game and I'm just roaming around and I don't know what to do. I don't have any other goals. And uh, whenever, whenever I'm playing games, I would like to do something that's meaningful rather than just roaming around and having the quest. That's the reason I never really, honestly, uh, I never really liked GTA 5 or 6 because honestly, that's that's too much quest and all the stuff. And I didn't knew the meaning. Even the GTA, uh, GTA 5 or 6, that's very new. I even... Uh, like finish GTA Vice City because that's the quest thing. So that's 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 the that's the main po- key point of today's conversation is story is the ultimate progression system. That's that's the thing you have said there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think story comes in in three kind of broad terms in in games. You get you get the wrapper, which is you, you, it's I see fire in a game, it's gonna burn me, right? I never have to tell you but it's, it's wrapped in story. If I suddenly, if I, if I suddenly made that fire, I don't know, uh, like bigger, a vine. Like ex- explosion type something. Yeah. I was, I was just saying like the, how you, it, all I know is like, I have a mechanic and it's, this thing does damage. So I can, there are, there are wrappers I can give to this thing that does damage to explain mechanics without ever explaining them. I don't need a tutorial on fire burns things because the player already knows that fire burns things, right? True, so that, that's kind of like that's kind of like one broad category. Uh, the second one is exactly what we're talking about: narrative as as a progression. I mean, how much grinding have you sat through in a Final Fantasy game? Because I I needed to know what, what the ending was, right? Like Persona Five True. is just is just making your numbers go up until they're big enough for you to see the final cinematic. Uh, yeah, that, that's the that's very reason I'm really excited about Hogwarts Legacy because it kind of, there's all two reasons. Number one, it's Hogwarts. It's Harry Potter world and each and everyone kind of explore it. And number two, everyone wants to have their story, their kind, their part of Harry Potter. They want to be the stuff Harry Potter did. So, uh, so the very thing I was meaning to ask is that you seem like a very story focused person. So have you ever walked on something that's not really story focused and, uh, totally on based on kind of arcade style? Uh, I think it kind of depends. Um, 
when I worked on HLV, we kind of got into uh, discussions on how important story should be to our, to our design. And I, I'm biased, but I personally feel like whether you want it to or not, story is always present in anything you do. It kind of goes back to what we're talking about where, where humans are programmed to, to create meaning from, from patterns, right? Yeah. It's like dark souls. It's like, does dark souls have a story? If you ask me, not really. But if you ask the people that pay attention and read all of the descriptions and, and dig deep into, into the hidden clues, they'd say, yes, it has, a, it has an amazing story. Now, did the developers mean for it to have a story? I don't know. That's a different question. But it w- so I, I would definitely say in Hard Light Vector, we only had six months. That's not enough time to give it plot, right? There's kind of this yeah. difference between narrative, which is kind of ephemeral, kind of this like implied structure of, of beats and pacing then their story which is more of the <clears throat> more of the the architecture of the world uh, what, what what happened here right and then there's plot which is this happens then this happens then this happens so we didn't really have a plot in hlv um i mean that was something we we exp- we did very explicitly we wanted you to be able to uh, path break and kind of go however you wanted to go um but we still felt it was important to understand the story of the world. So even though we didn't have plot, we didn't really focus on character necessarily. We still, we still made sure we understood what are the crystals? What are they being used for? Why not something else? What is this robot? What's the ribbon? You know? So, I mean, even in games that don't have a story, or I guess, I guess I should say, even in games that don't have a plot, the story is always important. I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, actually, the very uh, reason I was asking you this is because of my games. Whenever I, I will be making, obviously, I, when I will be in Utah, I'll be making lots of, lots of, lots of games. And I will be making uh, RPG, as I said, in a couple of weeks. Start. Uh, so I wanted to know the optimal path to make a good game and uh, you guys have a lot of industry experience and you have worked with big names and you are very story focused so I wanted to know how can I make that experience and put that put that on into my games so that's the reason I asked I mean it's really challenging I mean that's I know it's not (laughs) it's not a fun answer but I think there's a reason why we applaud games that do it well. It's because it is, it is really challenging. We have all these assumptions about what stories should be and how they should be structured and games don't really fit into them. Uh, Like typically when you, when you create, when you're writing, when I write um, in my free time, I still write when I can, I will, I follow the three, the three act structure. I'll, I'll, I'll bullet point every single thing I want to happen in my story. I'll make sure that, uh, you know, I kind of have this philosophy of, of uh, writer's block is a myth. Writer's block is simply a, a case of bad planning. So, I mean, I'll, I'll plan everything. I'll plot everything down. And in games, you can't really do that. Or rather you can, but then you're not really, you're not really making a game. You're making, 
I don't know, you're, you're making a, uh, a movie that you have to be talented enough to view. Yeah, I, right? I, and it might be because game, like in a movie, you have the whole control. You know what the player, like the protagonist will do. You know the scene, right. you know what's behind that, what's the story. But uh, in the game, there's a big part is the human interaction. So that, that might be the reason. And uh, while we are on the point, I actually, uh, I'm, uh, as I have said, I read a lot. I love reading uh, stories Good. and I kind of like writing, but I haven't like gone through that as a big passion, but I like writing and I just do, doc I, I love making documentaries. I made documentaries for my uh, undergrad and uh, I'm actually kind of doing it one right now. So one thing I have uh, read on the book is that when Uncharted 4 was going on, they didn't make a big like linear story. They put small stuff like on that, what's that paper, paper chart or something that puts on the wall or something. They mm -hmm. made those, made those stuff and just small, like kind of like a making a Lego stuff, like small boxes on that. And whenever they wanted to do something, they put, and if they wanted to delete something, they just delete it. So that might be the reason that game did so well. Uh, and it did so well because it doesn't have a exactly linear, like rigid kind of stuff, but it was really flexible. Yeah, yeah, I think Naughty Dog games are, are they fit into that interactive movie category? And I, I, and I'm not saying that disparagingly, I love Naughty Dog games. Last of Us is one of my favorite games of all time. But I think it's important to recognize, you can kind of imagine that you have interactivity, if you kind of like imagine an XY graph, right? You can imagine interactivity, a scale of like zero to 10. And you can you can anytime you want to add story you have to you have to lower this this graph right if if we have maximum 10 is interactivity that we have got like game right here this is kind of like game right like this yeah oh it's the perfect game it's over here i guess uh and then over here is it's a book and anytime you want to tell something you say okay well we we need nathan to be on this train at this point so that he can do this awesome thing, you know, just, okay, well, we have to lower inactivity. He, he has to be there. You know, that's not like, that's gotta happen. And like, okay, well, we're lowering it. And, and that doesn't make it a worse game. You can still make sure that the experiences that you're trying to tell are, are still enhanced by the mechanics, but it, it does make it less, less interactive. Yeah, yeah, just exactly. being cognizant of, of exactly. that. Actually, that's that's one of the things I was meaning to ask you uh, is that whenever we are making a game uh, and we are play, uh, giving something to players to interact, uh, because games obviously players will interact in the world, virtual world, and it's kind of uh, giving the freedom to the player. And whenever I am trying to do something like that on that extent, I'm kind of limiting it. So what do you think the, is the sweet spot? Like what's the sweet spot between that keeping the narrative and keeping the player like interaction just enough so that it doesn't feel unnecessary. Like 
as we have to uh, uh, like discussed about like Horizon Zero Dawn. It, what's the sweet spot for you? I think it completely depends. I mean, I've seen games that give me absolute complete control that have been amazing, that have blown my mind and on, on the amount of, like I, I bring up Pandemic Legacy. That is, the, the entire story is completely centered around choices I make. So when, when something bad happens and, you know, a character dies or, or whatever, that I did that. That's completely on me. And it's, it sticks with me. I'm still like, still tearing up just thinking about it. I'm like, oh, soldier, why? You were, so, you're, too, you're too good for us. Uh, but on the flip side, I've played games that don't give me any control. Like Last of Us 1, I think we don't, we can't affect the story. We have literally no impact. In fact, that, that final moment, right? If I don't pull the trigger, the game doesn't progress. And I think exactly. that's completely fine too. And so it's just, I think like when you, when you start your game, before you know what your mechanics are, before you know what your story is, write down what's precious to you. Write down, okay, if we're, if we're not going to do anything else, we need to do these three things. It needs to be, well, I mean, I can tell you the three we had for Hard Life Vector. Yeah, absolutely. Fluid, uh, fluid uh, traversal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully we, we hit it. But so we had fluid traversal. Uh, hell yeah. Um, small but smart. So we didn't want you to be, we didn't yeah, want you to feel powerful. We wanted you to feel. Uh, and then we wanted it to be, I, I mean, at risk at showing our colors, it was uh, Metroid. That was our, that was the feel we wanted. Yeah. Um, and and, and the, this walk might be the reason because of like the first person camera movement was making it like, like something we see with our eyes and it was huge. And whereas uh, third person might like kind of limit that stuff. It does. It's really, I mean, I, I had never done any design for camera before that. I don't, I don't think anyone had really. Um, and that was, I think that's what I learned the most is just, we spent oh, just a week on, on the camera on, I mean, when we, when we made the switch to first person, when that happened, we literally just stuck it in the model's head. Like that's, we just literally like plopped it right here <laughs> and for like a week. Sometimes when you turn too fast, it would clip and you could, you would lose sight of everything. And we had, uh, and then, so we got rid of the model and then you couldn't see your feet. And we're like, okay, well, then you miss jumps. So there was like all of this learning just to make sure we kept that one pillar of like, well, it doesn't feel fast, right? It doesn't feel, we don't feel that, that grandiose feeling of awe that we, that, we, we, that we love from Metroid, that we love from Shadow of Colossus. And so like those, yeah, so those three pillars, any decision we made, you know, we'd, we'd bring it to those pillars. We'd say like, okay, we're, we're pivoting to first person. Okay, well, does it, does it benefit fluid traversal? Yeah, yeah, it does. Absolutely. It makes it actually easier to hit those jumps, makes you feel faster. Okay, sweet. Does it, uh, shit, what was the second one now? Yeah, the uh, small, does, small, small, uh, the small. Small, right. Does it make you feel small? That's right. You're like, yeah, absolutely. The world feels way bigger. And then does it, does it make, does it feel like Metroid meets Shadow of Colossus? And you're like, yeah, it does. It makes you feel smaller. It makes the world feel more in your face. 
So any decision, and we've had, we had a lot of bad ones that didn't stand up to those three pillars, but any of those, you know, we, we went up against no, them and said, like that. That, 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 that's the method you were talking about. Like you have those pillars and whenever you are thinking and reading something and as you have said, it was a bad, uh, the writer's block. It's, it's the bad planning. And that might be the reason, uh, hard light writer didn't on into her, like writer's block because we, you, you already had figured out those main three stuff. So whenever you needed an inspiration, you know, your goal, the, the last thing you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mike was the one that actually, uh, brought pillars to the team. And I, I mean, I, I thank him every day for pillars. I, I cannot vouch for it more. I, I think that's paramount. So I, before you start in your story, before you start in your mechanic, just three things, what, what are three things that you want your game to do? And then when you start writing your story, you know, if you, if you want it to be wholesome and energetic and rainbows and you're talking about like, okay, and then, and then the dad dies from from unicorn attack and you're like wait wait hang on does that does that fit my three pillars and you're like no okay we probably shouldn't probably shouldn't do that beat them we'll, we'll, we'll switch that we'll make it something else or you bring in a mechanic that is okay and then you you charge up this super attack that does a a, a supernova and you're like well does that feel wholesome and and, and this and this and you're like no maybe we don't need combat in this game maybe it's Maybe it's just a relationship sim, or maybe it's a maybe it's a platformer, or like maybe maybe it's like Wander Song, where it's a it's like a little music game. You're like, okay, well, as long as it fits those three pillars, then then we're good. Yeah, and and when I was seeing the trailer and the videos, and uh, when the, that dodging the bosses attacking and that dodging effect was amazing, and that. That made me realize we don't need to like do like big game mechanic, big guns and stuff and arrows and stuff to make a good game. We can do just that simple like dodging effect and just revert back that uh, Colossus stuff. That was really the essence and I really like that game also because when I was young, like when I was a kid, I played a game like a tactical OPS that that was the name and the whole world kind of resembles that and that was really amazing for me because when I was eight or seven I was playing that game uh, it was kind of like 2004 or five type of time and that really yeah. brings back memories and all yeah my friends have a term for that we call it nostalgia it's where it like, nostalgia, reminds, it's like, like nostalgia's nostalgia. new brother yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, this reminds me of that thing I loved before, but it's not that, right? Like, I, I, I haven't played Minecraft in like five years, and my friend recently got a server, and so I'm, I'm getting all this nostalgia because I'm like, oh my, oh my God, the Nether's different, and oh my God, the the ocean's different, and oh my God, there's villages now. Oh my, what? All these things have changed. So it's we're calling it nostalgia. So. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, like we have, uh, we have gone through uh, lots of stuff we are talking, talking about, and we have, like, kind of diverted from the questions. <laughs> uh, actually, that's that's what happens when we are both interested in stories. True. 
yeah so uh, like uh, the next question is uh, like you have worked as a narrative designer in hogwarts legacy i know that's and uh, that's just barely announced and there's a lot of india stuff but could you share that experience like you don't have to give spoilers but still oh hang on one second <laughs> hang on oh yeah absolutely My fire alarm's going off in the background. Like what happened? Uh, probably trying to cook sausages. That's typically what does it. <laughs> that, that's sensitive. Uh, we in, in India we don't have fire alarms, honestly. Oh really? You know Just we like... had our like with both apartment there's only one fire alarm, not for every like tenant. Oh interesting. Yeah, I mean, I tend Actually, to find that that might be the reason a year back our whole apartment got into a big fire. Oh no. <laughs> I definitely feel like personally I'd I'd lean towards the too safe than the not safe. Absolutely. Enough, well, but... safety first. Safety first because when I was seeing my home burning on a big firing explosion and one cylinder blast in front of my eyes and that was oh horrible. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds like something out of a Naughty Dog game. Yeah, that, that that's actually because I was in my like not even trousers. I was in my half pants and uh, having a just a and it was it was dreadful, honestly. So sorry to hear that. Yeah, but uh, uh, if the, it, the, the, if the, it the, makes the, you feel better, I I just got a message from my wife. She said apparently it was burnt cinnamon rolls. So, <laughs> I I I love cinnamon rolls. Honestly, I do too. I wish they weren't burnt. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, as we are talking about, uh, is that uh, could you please explain, uh, like not explain, uh, share your story on Hogwarts Legacy because you are kind of like uh, one of the oldest people who are working on this. Um, I mean, yeah, I can be kind of vague. So, like I said. Oh man, how long? I like I, I know there's a lots of NDA stuff. I know, and <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a lots of stuff, but I really want to know. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I think I can talk about what I do without any problem. I'm not, like I said, I'm in a content generation role, so typically what I do is I I, I make content, I make missions or I make um, gameplay points. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so it's my role has changed over the years. I started, I think, like two and a half years ago, maybe even, maybe even closer to th three. I don't know. You know, a time in the past, uh, I started as an intern. That was on the missions team, and then that kind of just progressed. Um, and so now I, I still do missions. Um, and honestly, right now, a lot of that is polish and bug fixing. So a lot of my day is, uh, I mean, we call them must fixes, you know, like it breaks the progression of the game. And so I'll come in and I'll see if I have those. And if so, I'll, I'll fix them or I'll, or I'll, you know, be upset and I'll cuss and scream at my computer for a while because I can't fix them. <laughs> um, that, 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 that's the time I... I really need something to hit. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. I, 
the pandemic doesn't help either. Like I'm stuck in my house with this. I'll just like go on walks or go on runs, but I'm man. Yeah. It's so yeah. So bugs, that's a big part of it. Um, I feel like if, if you want to be a designer in the industry, um, you, you have to have some other skill. No one hires just designer. Well, not very many people hire just designers. Typically they're looking for a coding background or a writing background or an art background or something else that you can kind of flex into, into something else. Um, so I, I, uh, we, we're using unreal, which I love. I can do blueprints. Um, so let's that's me, a, that's, a, that's the that. thing I really hate. You hate blueprints. Yeah, Dude, actually, I, actually, uh, I, I started on blueprints, but it's because the honestly unreal's learning side is not that as good as unity's so i Mike couldn't says, learn yep. yeah so uh so i couldn't understand blueprints and most importantly like i'm an engineer as i've said and i love coding stuff and it kind of fulfills my ego, it doesn't honestly. feel like coding yeah it doesn't feel like coding <laughs> yeah no that's fair and i actually I, feel if like you, if you love uh, blueprint Unity's uh, got a new uh, visual scripting system called Bolt. Have you used it at all? Yeah, I have. I have it, and it what was much fluid. It was much fluid, uh, and uh, and honestly, I'm not going to complain Unreal's blueprint stuff because Unreal is made for honestly uh, games like Hogwarts Legacies and all. So yeah, there's definitely just different things. Um, I mean, yeah, it, Unreal does some things that like blow me away i mean even just how they're like natively to the engine they have a perception system hooked up for ai yeah, which is that's that's amazing i am like it's insane it's it's kind of like i'm a five years old kid and doing this stuff because it's dream for me yeah 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 i mean i i'm not i don't have a coding background uh but i i've made side projects by myself because of because of blueprints and because unreal makes it so easy. I mean, I, I really feel like it, this, it's like the golden age of game making right now. Like it's free. The engine is free. And, and now you also have like, uh, is it, it's like Godot or Godot? Godot uh, yeah. Godot, uh, game engine. Godot, uh, yeah. yeah. It's really great. And there's a lots of game engines, but, but I honestly, maker, sometimes I think, yeah. Sometimes I think the people who makes PUBG or uh, Fortnite or Hogwarts Legacy, they have the same exact version of Unreal as I have in my computer. And that's not anything different any at all. So the only thing difference is our knowledge. So we don't have any excuse. Yeah. We don't have any excuse to make all that things. Yeah, I mean, that was actually, that was a bug this week. Uh, it was like yesterday was trying to figure out, I mean, it was, so, it's so, so stupid, right? Like it's, I just want to, I just want, when you, when you go to a place, I want a thing to happen and I'm like racking my brain over it. I'm like, how do I get this to work? And I finally, I give up and I ping a guy and I'm like, dude, I, I can't figure this out. How do I do this? He goes, yeah, there's a function. Just call that function. It was, it was one, I think it was like one node, maybe two nodes. And it's just native to unreal. I'm like, Okay, that's a thing that exists. All right, like they Blows have figured everything out, everything out, and I'm not going to, going to that, going to that question that is the biggest question kind of makes a rumble. Unity versus Unreal. That's I'm not going there. 
but still unrealistic. <laughs> they both have their merits. They, I mean, they both have their merits. Yes. But like unreal- Ori in the Blind Forest was was Unity, and that game is amazing. It's beautiful. Amazing. It's gorgeous. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and uh, lo- like as I have uh, told that I'm going to make an RPG, and that's going to be a low poly kind of uh, because I don't really have the resource to make very ultra realistic. Oh yeah, uh, yeah so uh, while we are talking, um, let me show you a video of uh, the game I was making, and it was you will love it. I can definitely tell you will love it. Uh, where is that? Where is that? Where is that? Uh, I don't think that's it. <laughs> uh, just give me a minute. Sure. In the meantime, if you want to check your cinnamon rolls, I won't mind. I feel like she's like pinging me on, on Slack. She's giving me frowny faces, so I'm I'm not in too much of a hurry to go look at the burnt cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so here's the game. Uh, because I, as I said, I am really interested in cinematic storytelling, like in the game. That's that's what I'm really interested. In. So, um, just let me open this video. Okay. Yeah. This is the stuff. Yeah, share the screen. Yeah, you can see this, right? Oh, I know this game. Yeah, I was yeah. making I was making a exact replica because there's a new game coming, uh, Myth of Wukong. And Wukong, yeah. Yeah, Myth of Wukong. And uh, it was seven, eight months before the game's first trailer was released and I was making this game. So... Whenever the trailer released, I was like, I was making this game. Who was? Who else was making this game? So the, this is the kind of stuff I was doing. And this is amazing. And this is on Blueprints. Blueprints is powerful, man. I, Blueprints is powerful. Like, there, are things everything. You, there are things you need C++ for, but I mean, for, this, for, this, for the stuff I do, it's only blueprints. Yeah, because so, I mean, I, I think that's my biggest. Stuff, I guess. Yeah, 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 for sure. And also just the how the 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 quest integration with with the engine is is in is in blueprints. So, <clears throat> I mean, I th- that's my biggest piece. My biggest uh, piece of advice is if you want to be a designer of any kind, learn a coding language. You don't have to be good at it, but you need to at least know the language the the logic, right? I mean, we use a behind the scenes, the, the writing software we use, the interfaces, same logic as it, you need to know a bool, you need to know an, like, you need to know an int, you need a float. Like these are all things that working with writers is harder when they don't know that terminology. So that's, that's my biggest piece of advice. It's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, writing, you know, storytelling, you know, coding, uh, at a certain point, you can make all of the stuff by your own if you have enough time and resources, right? 
I mean, that's the hard thing is working by yourself. Like, I don't know. It's, I, I have like three side projects that will realistically never see the light of day because it's, you know, you get to a certain point and you're, you're working on it and you have this vision of what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to feel like. And you're one guy. So the animation doesn't feel quite right or, or the lighting isn't, isn't the effect you're going for, or, oh man, I wish I had an inventory system, right? There's, there's always something that's and, like, that, that, that's the saying, uh, the true art is never finished, only abandoned. Abandoned. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I, I, I think that's the beauty of, of having a team. I mean, if you're a solo dev, you're, you're more, <laughs> you're more resilient than I am. I mean, I, I abandon projects more often than I, I care to admit. I abandoned lots of projects because actually not abandoned, but I made of uh, like, if I wanted to make like 10, I stopped it on like three or four max because the, right. each and every time I wanted to go further, it take a lot of time, take a lot of knowledge. Even if right. I have the knowledge, I don't have time or resources. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that's a totally fair point. I mean, right now I have a side project that I'm working on that I, I do plan on finishing and going hard on, but it's, it's and, uh, uh, like, uh, will you, will you, uh, like, like publish it on Steam? It's a, it's actually a tabletop system. So I, I don't know where I would publish it. I'm, I plan on releasing the rule book for free on my website. Um, just for anyone that wants it. I don't, I'm not really doing it for money. I'm just doing it cause I've played a whole lot of Dungeons and Dragons in my life. Yeah, I really wanted to, honestly, I really wanted to play that game and uh, being a very big fan of Big Bang Theory and having like, yes. saw all of those people play that I wanted to, but I never found any of those. Dude, when you're in Utah, hit me up. I, I will absolutely play. I yeah, love uh, you, you got to teach me first. Well, so fair warning, if I teach you, I'm going to teach you my system. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, I have to start somewhere. I like my system, but uh... yeah, uh, the, honestly, uh, like I never had friends before, uh, like going into this game development field. I never had a lot of friends who I can discuss about dragons. Honestly, there's no discussion <laughs> about dragons with other engineers who are coding in like PHP or Java. And there will be plenty of people to talk yeah. about dragons with i promise that yeah, was that, that was an early discussion for hlv was dragons so <laughs> yeah um, mike was telling me this that how can we make a dragon and uh, instantly it got my attention like oh my yeah. god i am really interested in this kind that kind of stuff so coming back to our questions so uh, we we right, have right, lots right. of stuff to talk about honestly okay i'm gonna i'll keep it i'll keep it isolated yeah absolutely uh <laughs> like uh no, I, we don't have a lot lots of questions left. So, uh, like we have uh, talked about Hogwarts Legacy. So, the main questions I was really wanted to ask is that you have worked on indie games, lots of indie games, and HLV, obviously. You have worked on uh, Hogwarts Legacy, which is one of the biggest AAA games that's currently in development right now. What's the difference you find as a designer in indie versus AAA? Hmm. 
Yeah. So I, uh, largely, I think this is going to depend on, on the studio you work at. Like I know Horizon Zero Dawn was made with a team of 26. Um, and that, but, uh, that but I would still... Senua's Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice was made with 20 people. Yeah, I think might have even been less. I think it was I think it was 25 at max with an average of 12. Yeah. Which is mind-blowing cuz that exactly. game is yeah. So I mean there's you know like Hellblade's kind of like double A and Horizon is definitely triple A and okay. but but like team size varies and especially with outsourcing like you can you can do a lot with a small team. Um, but if you're working for a team this size uh, i mean there's lots of challenges that you don't you don't have in indie games but there's also some advantages i think the biggest one is communication that's that's the biggest challenge so i i came from hlv and which was a which was a team of of basically 20 and we were all sitting in a room whenever we worked on the game and so i'm as i'm play testing or as i'm making the level or as i'm whatever right if I, I if i notice something i can reach over and tap a guy on the shoulder and go hey what's that right or i can be like oh hey mike we should we should do this or, or whatever like everyone's there i can talk to them at any point i have i have almost complete knowledge of everything happening in the game well a game this size while i'm play testing or making something or whatever it, it basically every day i go oh that's new i didn't even know that was in the game like there's always something I didn't know existed or didn't know was finished or didn't know we were doing, right? So there's this, I mean, it's kind of exciting. It's like every day's Christmas because I log in and I'm like, oh, that's pretty now, right? Oh, that was white box. Now it's gorgeous. <laughs> uh, but on the flip side, it's also, there have been times uh, where a team makes a decision kind of agnostic of the other systems of the game and so, and that's no one's fault, right? That's, that's, it's not like that's malicious. It's just, it's, it's almost impossible to keep track of this huge, complex creation. And so when that happens, it's always, you know, it has rippling effects. Well, in a game like HLV, that shift to first person, it affected the player team, but didn't really affect the enemy team didn't really affect the environment team. They, they kept on trucking. Uh, I mean, there were some differences of like, okay, well now the, now the environment team needs to keep in mind that you're going to be this close to, to everything in the world. But for the most part, it was, it was an isolated change. Well, in, in games in this size, nothing is isolated. Everything affects everything. So yeah, I feel like that's, that's exciting, that's but really, also challenging. That's really exciting. But somehow, like, we are creatives. Honestly, we are creatives. We love making stuff. So somehow, it, we kind of think that if we know a little bit more on this side, it would be better. Kind of like, like you are a filmmaker. And you are, if you are part of a big film, you might want to know the whole story. And uh, when, like, I have known and talked with a lot of AAA people and they all have said it's good it's great to be part of a big motivated team but if we could know a little bit more about the game the whole game or a whole story that would be very really fun 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like working in AAA. In some cases it's, it's a, it's a dream come true, but I, I do think my ultimate goal is to, to go back indie. And I feel like my favorite games, like right now, my, my game of the year is Hades. And that's super dream. I haven't, you know? I haven't played this. Honestly. Oh my God, dude, why are we still talking? No, go, go play Hades. Just buy it right I, I now. Got, go, I it's amazing. I got a so set right now. It's, it is my game of the year. It's astounding. It's a roguelike, which I love. Uh, but it's, it's story driven and it's has like relationship sim aspects. I, yeah, it's amazing. I can't, I don't, I don't want to even want, I'm not going to tell you anything else, but it's, it's a, it's no, fantastic. I, 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 I'm, I'm really, I, I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to do it today, obviously, but <laughs> I am going to play this like tomorrow. I have to play this whenever I heard a game. I I gotta play this because it's it's amazing. I don't I don't really th- anything like think anything outside that. Dude, I feel like I could do an entire like an entire talk just about what makes Hades brilliant. Like the game is, yeah. Just go just go play it. Yeah. Plus you you like I, story, I, I so it's gonna, absolutely gonna love it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, like Nathan. Uh, and uh, honestly, uh, one thing I uh, I really it's kind of like silly, but uh, the reason when you when we are talking and and a lot of time Naughty Dog's meme is coming up and Uncharted names and coming up is because of your name because you are the protagonist. <laughs> Nathan, yeah, yeah, I I've definitely been compared to worse protagonists, so I I'm very thankful for Naughty Dog for picking picking Nathan. <laughs> Uh, where was the Nathan uh, Wolf's protagonist? Where other games? Uh, oh, I well, do you know One Tree Hill? It's an old, like sitcom. It's not great. the The, the main character of One Tree Hill is Nathan Scott. Nathan uh, Scott, exactly your name. Yeah. Wow. So when I <laughs> when I first was coincidence. Yeah, yeah. So when you look up Nathan Scott, you will get the protagonist of. Uh, of One Tree Hill. <laughs> I got a service. I got a service first. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like Nathan, uh, like I was really wondering if you uh, could ask, uh, like if you could uh, tell me something about, like you are told that Hardlight uh, Vector and Hogwarts stuff. Uh, I really wanted to know what's your dream game, like what the game you want to make, like if you are the whole in charge, like. Uh, maybe the head designer the, or the lead designer, what, which kind of game you want? That's a dangerous question. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like at its core, like HLV was not, well, so I'm going to, I'm going to start over. <laughs> There's something wonderful about working in as part of a team that, that loves each other. I mean, it's such a, a rare experience. Like I, I, I love the team that I'm working on now at Avalanche, but, uh, but that team's like five people out of hundreds, right? Well, it, well at, uh, when I was working on HLV, we were 20 people of a family. I mean, we really were, I don't know, like we were a community, right? We really felt like, 
we were all fighting for for this kind of core vision and what was particularly beautiful about that is it wasn't anyone's perfect game no one person in that in that group made their perfect game i mean hlv is certainly not i don't i don't really like speed running games it's not my style um mike certainly doesn't like twitch games and most of the artists i mean we had a we had a few hard surface modelers but the remainders would prefer more of a stylized route and what's what's wonderful about that is that's not like oh no everyone's unhappy but we all got to compromise and we all got to put a piece of ourselves in that game and so no one's making their perfect game but everyone's making our perfect game you know yeah i, I get I that like, i get that feeling yeah and that, that's that's my goal that's my ultimate dream is i i don't want to make my perfect game i want to make our perfect game and and in my head like that's with mike like mike is a fantastic designer if 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 i get the choice he'll be on my team and so that means it's probably a roguelike <laughs> whether yeah, i want it to be or not uh and if i'm on the team and i get a say then it would it would be story driven I, uh, exactly I love, that that's the that's the stuff i was expecting that's the stuff right. i was expecting right but it's you know it's it's like there are things i care about and there are things i'd want to see but i i definitely like i want other people's input like if my friend patrick is on that team like that has certain implications for the art patrick, style certain uh, implications like i i have patrick brinson yeah uh, ben's in kingsland yeah 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 I, patrick I is him. he's the mad scientist behind all of the animations and hlv so i we owe him a lot uh but yeah, it's just like every person like that we have i race studios i guess he is yeah yes he is he's working on a rogue company yeah actually uh uh one of my seniors uh karan ganesh also had a podcast and uh, he uh, was on my show uh, and i was really fan of his podcast uh and i came to know about patrick from his podcast and it was amazing it was amazing i love patrick he is one of the most sincere brilliant people i've ever met so yeah, but i think that's my I like i i have ideas of what i'd like to do but ultimately i i i want the team the team is what's important to me um that being said i've always loved the idea of what a roguelike narrative game would be like i have this this idea of you're like maybe it's like a have you played minute I honestly I'm going to tell I don't play a lot of games. I don't You got to play, play games. And no no I know I play games but I spend lots of time like making stuff and I abandon games like in the middle like most of the part. Like because Oh sure dude I I can't know I don't know the last game I finished. <laughs> For uh, like, sure I I, I I don't even know last game I finished uh, I guess the last game I finished uh, like uncharted 4 yeah uncharted 4 was the last game. Oh I guess yeah. It's probably God of War for me then. Uh, But no yeah, I, yeah. I I don't have PS4 so I had to play uncharted 2 oh, on okay. uh, on my friend's console and I really wanted to play with Kratos but Well, the good news is when you get to Utah, uh, you can just plop yourself on the couch and use their PS4. 
I, I actually I will. Actually I will. Oh yeah. Oh, I've spent many many an hour in in the lounge. So I am really looking forward to going to Utah. You know, like it's kind of like a dream place, like a two years long festival for me. <laughs> well, uh, I will be interested to hear what you say after rapid prototyping. That class kicks your ass. So it's great. I loved it. I, frankly, I'd take it again if they let me. But uh, it'll, it's it'll really extensive, I guess. Like, oh yeah, really hard. Like, I mean, there. It's like, hey, make a game in a week. So well, it's some of my favorite stuff has come out of that class. But uh, yeah, it's good stuff for sure. I'm yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, um, like, thank you, Nathan, for explaining this. And uh, I, I, I have asked most of the stuff I wanted to ask. And there are some questions from our audience that uh, like I have like, Unity developers group and Unreal developers group, game developers group and Facebook where I posted, you know, I'm going to interview this guy and if you want to ask something, put, put it down on the comment and they have Sweet. put four questions for you. So let's get for that. All right. The first question is, uh, what are the some qualities are essential you think for a great narrative designer? Yeah, so I actually, I think that the same thing that makes a good narrative designer is what makes a good designer, period. Uh, and that's, it's largely, um, I wish I had a better term for this, but being able to kill your babies, that's, that's your big thing. You're going to have ideas wow. that you love. You got, you have this, you have this idea and you love it and it's so beautiful and it's perfect and it has your eyes and then someone's going to come in and they're going to go, no. And you're like, oh, oh okay. And that's, that, I, I can it's really sad, but it's part pain. of it. I can really yeah. feel the pain. I mean, it's, and sometimes it's for the best, right? Like sometimes you're, they're going to come in and they're going to say no for these reasons. They're going to go, oh, you're right. This baby's actually a monster. It's a, it's a terrible baby. Get out of here, baby. <laughs> Worst that, you know. And sometimes you're going you're gonna to want to fight back. And sometimes you're going to say, well, actually, da, 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 da. And it doesn't matter. You, know, you, gotta, you have to learn to move forward with direction that you're not necessarily comfortable with. And that, that you can't stew on it. You can't be upset. You know, I can't count the number of times that, that uh, content that I've made personally has been cut. And it's, it's not an attack, right? I'm not like, upset about it. It's just because of production costs or design changes or, or, or pivots, right? Like these things happen. Games are fluid. And so if you can't, if you can't kill your babies, if you can't move forward with decisions that you're not comfortable with, you can't design. That's it. I think there's this kind of like this idea that design is about having like good ideas and it's not. Like yeah, it's helpful. Uh, there's a but, wrong notion. Like, for like newcomers in this industry is that the game design has something to do with art. They, uh, and I know that's not true. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly aspects of design that can deal with art. Like yeah. if you're a combat designer, if, you, if you're handling, uh, you know, animation states or, or frame data, then absolutely, that has to do with art. Um, 
but if I mean if you're a narrative designer you're very unlikely to deal with art I work closely with the concept team quite frequently but I, I can't draw you know I'll, I'll I'll give them a write-up I'll say like here are my thoughts here's kind of the mood that I'm going for you're you're really like the like the uh, writer who writes the story for the games you are really that kind of developer uh, well, so we have a story team who really gets like in the nitty gritty of like of the of the story and the plot. Um, but I help out on the the team that handles the like the world, right? Kind of like the the spaces. And yeah. so I'll, I'll, I'll there are times where I'll say like, okay, well, we need this thing here, or this thing here, and that's when we'll bring in concept to like kind of flesh out those spaces and make them feel feel unique. Great. That's, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, honestly, there's a lots of eye opening for me. Like I, I can absolutely say like pulling a all nighter is really helped <laughs> me today. Uh, oh, I'm sorry that you're pulling an all nighter. No, actually, Sleep is important. Uh, actually, you know, like it's, it's really coincidence. I was normally, uh, I would go to bed like one AM or something like that. But some something happened, and I started watch, binge watching uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, the nice, nice. And yeah. when it was like three fifteen, and your text came, and I was like, maybe that's that's the reason I started watching binge watching because that something happened. I didn't know, didn't even expect anyone will text. And uh, I'm so uh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not because it's re I really wanted to talk. It, this is this is the thing I love to do, and it's uh, it's like nine thirty in the morning, and probably after I'm doing this, I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's so it's absolutely the thing I really love, to do. and uh, it's amazing. And the, the, the lots of things uh, things I have learned today is going to help me at least twenty or twenty years for my life, honestly. So well, the, I hope you say that in two years <laughs> after Utah. Yeah, after Utah, I don't know. You're gonna learn <laughs> but, so uh, much, dude. It's great. Yeah. So the second question, uh, someone gave me that is that how to get into AAA studios like Warner Brothers. Oh man, yeah, I was dreading this question. Um, I like, mean, uh, it's... Uh, give me a designer's perspective because. Uh, that's what the most people are interested. Lots of people are interested in game design. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it because um, I don't think that's helpful. It's really, really hard. I mean, getting, getting a job in the industry, it's hyper competitive. There are a lot of people who are passionate, which means they're willing to take, they're willing to work for, for less than what they're worth, right? So not only are you competing with the people that are, that are incredibly competent, you're also competing with people whose passion is blinding them to getting taken advantage of. So it's, so it's, it's flooded with all of these, with all these people. And then on, on the flip side, just getting your foot in the door, it's like the, well, you need experience to, to get a job. And you're like, well, how do I, how do I get experience? You're like, well, you need a job. And you're like, but I need experience for, for a job. So it's really, really challenging. And I mean, at the end of the day, the approach that's going to get you a job is the shotgun approach. Send 
as many resumes as you can. Make a cover letter, make a template. <laughs> I that's yeah. I mean, I've sent out uh, definitely over a hundred. <laughs> definitely I'm over a hundred. Oh my god. Oh, e easily, easily. And Mike sent more than that. Like before Riot, I mean it's it's hard. And it, there are times when you're going to want to give up. And there are times when you're just you're gonna want to flip your table and, and get angry and, and you can do that get angry but then also and calm down time, and send out more resumes lots of people doesn't even reply yeah oh yeah oh my gosh i think out of all of the the resumes i've sent out i mean other than avalanche i think i've gotten three interviews like it's it's really tough it's really really tough and narrative design is even harder I would say it's next to impossible to get a narrative design position. If, if narrative design is what you want and you're like, I'm, I'm certain that this is the job I want, apply for a different position, apply for content, apply for gameplay, apply for systems. And if you get that job, talk to your supervisor about what it would take to transition into that other role. So the first That's, get my foot into the door and then transition it or having the experience and do that in future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I was lucked out because Avalanche is in the, in the back door of, of EAE, right. It's in, it's in Utah. And so they, they reached out to our program. And so I, I got my internship through basically through EAE kind of like unofficially through EAE. Um, and that, that got my foot in the door and that without that, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's so, it's so hard. Yeah, and uh, and the reason I was smiling when you told that just take the shotgun approach is that like like a year or a year and a half when I was when I was I wasn't even that much ready because I have a better portfolio now rather than I had back then. Sure. I I applied to Ubisoft. I didn't even thought. I had the uh, gameplay programmer position open and I know that they're, they're going to reject. I absolutely certain about it, but I, okay, let's just do that. Let's see what happens. And the great thing that happened is that the recruiter team sent the feedback along with the rejection that actually that's helped awesome. my portfolio much better. And Dude, another thing that happened, that's amazing. And another thing that happened is that it really like take away all my fears. Like I know the rejection will happen. And most of the time other people start, just don't like apply. And I don't have that right now. I know even if I re get rejected, I will apply obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you get rejected and you're back where you started. Yeah. Well, what's I, what do I have to lose? as a kind of mentality happen like grew up and that might be the reason like this interview is happening because i just put the text for you on linkedin and you replied and honestly let me tell you lots of people doesn't if like i have approached like 50 people and today you are the seventh one so that kind of people doesn't reply they just see it they don't reply Seven out of 50 is not bad, man. It could no, be a lot I, worse. I, I, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> Seven out of 50 is a lot, lot better. Lot better. Like I even, 
like each and after each and every episode i need to think like okay what will be the next episode who i'm going to approach the next episode and even if they are going to willing to come or not honestly but today is the day that happens uh, i have to cancel one interview i had to cancel one interview for today and i'm going to do it for tomorrow there's a uh, there's a guy another guy uh, named ajay satish from our eae and uh, he's a gameplay programmer from bioware and uh, and the time kind of overlapped and i said sorry i couldn't do that i will do it tomorrow and that's the oh, dude i'm so sorry no no I'm no, so no, no. It's, it's 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 not it's not about sorry it's like I am really committed into doing this podcast. I'm really committed. Well, good. I can yeah. tell. I'm impressed. Yeah. So, uh, like, uh, the the two guests were two. There are two questions left. Uh, is that what's a native designer's portfolio should look like? This is tricky. Um, a def. I mean, you're going to need writing samples. Every position you apply for is going to ask for writing samples. Typically three. Um, don't give them complete works. Like I, I would say, well, hopefully they'll tell you. Like some jobs that I've applied to will say like, um, don't exceed 20 pages or something like that. Um, just keep in mind that like people are going to have to read this. So if you give them, you're like, here's my completed 200 page novel. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna read that, right? So writing excerpts that show off your best voice in as large of a range as you can. So if you have seven fantasy things and two science fiction things, include the science fiction things because you know that it shows variation. So you definitely want writing samples. If you have examples of your writing, like in context, show video. Um, that's not always possible. Like I can't do that, obviously. Um, but if you can, that's that's great. That's a plus. Uh, and then I would also just include um, any side projects you're working on, or or anything like that. Uh, I, I will I will say like kind of tangential to that, whether or not something requires a cover letter, write a cover letter. I mean I. If you don't write a cover letter, I really doubt they're going to even look at look at your application. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh, and this is the exact advice I got from a lots of people, and they said exactly the same thing. Like cover letter is like the very essential thing in the recruitment. Oh yeah. well, actually, I want to I want to add one more thing to that. Um, I, I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite here because I, I don't do this, but I have heard that if you, if your writing samples are scripts, that's better because games tend to have more of a parallel to, to film than, than prose. Um, so if you can, if you, if you can do scripts, that's generally recommended. Uh, and then also if you have examples of like branching narrative, like twine games, um, include that as well. I will absolutely do that. Like, I will absolutely, obviously, uh, like, I don't have a lot of narrative design experience, but lots of friends of mine who are interested in going as a designer, and there, and there are lots of people in the Facebook community who are interested in narrative design. I will absolutely tell them 
to do this because I really want people to get their dream job. Honestly, that, that's that's the thing I can give them back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So like, uh, I am really wondering is that if your film background, like the short films you have made or like the documentaries you have made helped you in getting a position in WB? Um, it didn't hurt. I'm not sure. I know that I know in my interview, they said that they read my excerpts and they liked that I, they liked my darker style. So I know that helped. Um, but really, I mean, I think the thing they said that helped the most in the interview was I had a, as part of that game club, we made, we made a, like a short little game in Unreal. And they said that was what impressed them the most is that, is that I did that. So I, I don't know how much the movies helped. It's definitely helped in communicating with like art. It's helped in the job. I don't know if it helped getting the job. All right. All right. So it's kind of like everything, uh, everything sorts out like your past or your creative arts background, film background and design background, all those came together and help you becoming what you are today. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's fair. I mean, yeah, I, I still just think that like the great thing about design is you, you can pull from, you can pull from anything. I mean, the first legend of Zelda was created because he loved the feeling of exploring in, in the woods. So he's like, I want to make a game that feels like that. So, yeah. I mean, and you can uh, pull from same, anything. Same thing happened that, uh, that, uh, what was the underwater game that Subnautica or something? Subnautica. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The same thing happened with the creator. So the final question is that any advice to beginner who wants to be a native designer or in general game designer in future, any advice? Make games, make crappy games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like unreal's free, dude. Unity's free. Like this is, this is a fantastic time to get into game design. Take advantage of it. Load Which game engine unreal. you have started with? Uh, I started with unreal. Yeah. You started with Unreal? Uh, I did. That's, that, that's the reason we are talking there. I have also started with Unreal. Yeah, I mean, that was... I, I think Unity is actually probably slightly more beginner-friendly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the game club that I started in, they were using Unreal, and that's... And I don't know, I, I like I, Unreal I, know, I, know, I think I, it rocks. Yeah, I know one of the reasons I started Unreal is because of its visuals like we are storytellers and i really wanted to have that visuals because i honestly with all the mates unity have that visual didn't have you the unity didn't have that visuals and i really wanted to have that in my game so that's the reason i started with unreal and i am damn sure that that was one of the reasons for you too it didn't hurt i mean there's definitely that was why we picked unreal for hard life vector was we had four artists that were saying <laughs> they're basically saying no i want it to look this way we're like all right it's fine yeah so, we have that we have the capability 
So, I mean, that's, that's my advice is if you want to be a designer, make games and play games, consume media, become a library of, of design terms, watch GDC talks, subscribe oh to God. Mark I, Brown. I, I've spent lots of hours doing like listening GDC talks. There's a, uh, I was uh, listening one uh, yesterday, uh, 30 things I hate about your pitch. Yes. Pitch. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm really like, that's really great. You have a, the video game industry is, is, is wonderful. I, I worked very briefly in the live events industry and it doesn't have that feeling of, of community. I mean, when I, I've gone to GDC twice, yeah, twice, and it is filled with people that want to help you. Seriously, it, it's like everyone I've ever talked to, I had a question, they're like, oh, yes, let me, let me help you. You know, like, I don't know, I, I think I'm, I'm just so glad. Oh, that I got, is... When I'm going to USA uh, next year, I got to go to GDC and Comic Con. Those two are the stuff I have to go i hope things are open by then i really do <laughs> yeah yeah and this year's gdc lots of people have missed this great opportunity to come together and the online yeah. gdc was didn't have that vibe i was there for online gdc and unreal fest and all the stuff and there's a fest coming on like white nights conference or something on the europe's yeah mm -hmm. but it doesn't have that vibe what have that on set uh, like the uh, gbc i was in san diego i guess uh yeah san fran yeah yeah san francisco san diego i guess so uh